you uh, on SMS. It is now 8 o'clock and that means time for news here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Top stories, Zuma sends his condolences to Venezuela and 33 men arrested for illegal mining. Good morning, I'm Vabakshini Chetty. President Jacob Zuma has joined other world leaders in sending condolences to the people of Venezuela following the death of their president, Hugo Chavez. The socialist leader was elected for another term in January this year, but he could not lead his country due to ill health. He died in Caracas last night. International Relations spokesperson Clayson Moniela. President Jacob Zuma is sending a message of sincere condolences to the family of the president, uh, the government and the people of Venezuela, saying that uh, President Chavez had provided decisive impetus for new regional integration movements uh, and based on an eminently Latin uh, American vision while showing solidarity with other nations and his leadership will be solemnist and the South Africans will stand with the people of Venezuela and uh, this is really a very sad occasion. The Hawks have arrested 33 men for allegedly mining illegally at Sibania Gold Mine on the West Rand early this morning. Hawks spokesperson Paul Ramaloko says mine security guards went underground in the early hours of the morning and found the men. They then brought them to the surface and handed them over to the police. Ramaloko explains. The suspects were arrested uh, during op- an operation between uh, Sibanya Gold and the Hawks in the western area. They were found in possession of uh, 50 kg of uh, gold-bearing uh, material and other mining equipment. We will be taking them to the Western Area Magistrate Court uh, tomorrow on charges of uh, trespassing and uh, illegal mining. Two suspected Mozambican rhino poachers are expected to appear in the Palaborwa Magistrates Court in Limpopo today. They were arrested last month in the Kruger National Park after a shootout with rangers. Three of their accomplices were shot dead in the incident. The two who were arrested were injured during the shootout. One of them had a rhino horn in his possession. Yesterday, four other suspected rhino poachers appeared in the same court. They were arrested near one of the gates of the Kruger National Park, allegedly planning to enter the park to poach rhino. They were carrying a butcher's knife, an axe, a hunting rifle and ammunition. Consumers have been warned to brace themselves for another fuel hike next month. Petrol went up by 81 cents a litre at midnight, diesel by 58 cents a litre and illuminating paraffin went up by 76 cents a litre. Finance Minister Pravin Gordon announced a 23 cent fuel levy in his budget speech, which is to come into effect in April. Motorists are already feeling the pinch. The problem is, you know, we got kids to take her to school, so this affects us a lot because even the food prices will go up. It's very bad. Well, we look at the price and uh, we cannot fight against it. But I mean, if we can get Sasso maybe for cheaper because we are a refinery for Sasso, why can't we get it cheaper? Disaster. It's a disaster in my life. Uh, yeah, as a student, I'm on my way to university, so I've filled up now. It's really tough. 
Further afield, more than 100 Kenyan independent electoral and boundary commission officials have returned to the capital Nairobi with the physical election results from various provinces. The IEBC has adjusted its screens to reflect the percentage of votes for each candidate based on total votes cast. The commission yesterday admitted that high voter turnout and the failure of electronic transmitters have caused delays in relaying results to Kenyans. Electronic displays stalled for more than six hours, heightening anxiety anxiety among Kenyans and candidates. The rand is trading at 9 rand 3 to the US dollar at 13 rand 62 to the pound sterling at 11.75 to the euro. Gold is trading at $1,578.66 an ounce. Currently, the spot price of Brent crude, $111.59 a barrel. Recapping the top story, President Jacob Zuma has joined other world leaders in sending condolences to the people of Venezuela following the death of their president, Hugo Chavez. SAFM News, I'm Vabakshini Chetty, back with headlines at 8.30. Traffic. On SAFM. Uh, situation out east of Joburg rapidly improving. The trucks and accidents uh, by uh, Linksfield Road all cleared up. The uh, traffic flow certainly from Bedford View up through Galoolies is okay. The N12 coming in is easing. The R24 a little bit slow. That'll take a bit longer to clear through to the N12 merge. Uh, there's still a lot of pressure on the N12 through Alberton onto the N3 North up to Heldon. They've seen a change. That's fairly common these days. Uh, the Mike 1 between uh, the Buclu interchange and Young Smudge Drive. Not too many gaps in that traffic this morning. And again, heavy traffic on the Mike 1 from Southgate queuing all the way up to about the Car Street exit to Bramfontein behind that the M2 under some pressure this morning almost back as far as Cleveland uh, the N1 a little accident just after Bayers Nordia bunching traffic in the Malabongwe to Ravonia quite heavy and delays somewhere between about 35 and 50 minute delays on the uh, N14 this is the Krugersdorp Highway as you come out of Krugersdorp this morning through Mulders Drift up towards a single lane roadwork section at Lanseri Airport make sure you've got at least 50 minutes extra on your trip if you're coming out of Krugersdorp for flight connections very heavy delays southbound into Durban this morning the M4 sinkhole before Umschlunger after Sabaya Circle causing a queue back to Umschloti uh, spillover effect jamming up the M2 between Umschloti and Umschlunger down to Gateway that's very heavy taxi accident on the M4 inbound just by the Bayhead Road Bridge after the bluff exit uh, delays coming in on that route from Clarewood this morning and Cape Town very busy M7 worse than normal queuing traffic from Lunger from the N2 highway all the way through to Bosman's Dam Road and the turning to Montague Gardens Rob Byrne AM Live Traffic Watch Hi, I'm Jeannie Dee. To tell you that April the 1st is still April Fool's Day. And any news announced on that day should be treated with a pinch of salt. April the 4th, however, now that's a different story. April 4th is the day that top billing moves from a Tuesday at 8 to a Thursday at 8.30. We'll still be bringing you the best of the good life from wherever in the world they're living it. Still on SABC3, but now we'll be doing it every Thursday night at 8.30 from the 4th of April. Countless people think they portray the center of all things in life. However, there is an objective core that exists and belongs to nobody. That core is found in the truth. We discuss this truth on Sunday Live, intending to raise the level of social dialogue. Join us on Sunday Live, every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. on SABC One. Brought to you by SABC News. Have you tried booking accommodation online? Booking online means the best rates and widest selection, but which website can you trust? I found that TravelGround.com is the easiest way to find and book accommodation online, and with their great customer service, you can rest assured that you're in safe hands. 
So whether you need a hotel in Santon or a great little guest house in Franchuk, go online to www.travelground.com. Travelground.com, the easiest way to find and book accommodation across South Africa. Your Saturday. Welcome to Jamrak. Jamaica is wild. Are about to get a whole lot more action. You know Africa representing? SABC One representing right here. We representing. We've got a million rand to win. Yeah, ka-ching. Let's do this. Guarantee you it's going to be a blast. You don't want to miss this. Trust me, it's going to be crazy. Tropica Island of Treasure. Bringing action to SABC One from February 16. At Enterprise, we never compromise. No donkey, no buffalo, no horse meat. Only the best quality meat cuts are good enough for Enterprise. Don't compromise, serve Enterprise. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Guala. It is eight and a half minutes after eight. A very good morning to you and a warm welcome to the Forum at eight here on uh, SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. This morning, looking at efforts to curbing and uh, dealing with corruption in this country, both in the public and the private sector, but specifically in the public sector. How do we combat the scourge of corruption in in this sector? A lot has been said about it. Uh, Observers suggesting that what we need in this country is an anti-corruption agency in order to deal with this scourge that is eating away at this economy. It is stifling growth. It is marring our international reputation. And most importantly, it is hurting the poor. What then are we supposed to do? Is enough being done in order to deal with this scourge? Let me welcome my guest on the program this morning to discuss this important matter, starting with Minister Lindy Wesisulu. She is the Minister of Public Service and Administration. Minister Sisulu, thank you for your time. Hi, Minister, are you there? I'm here. Can you uh, hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Are you well? I'm well, thank you. Thank and you very much. You? I'm very well. Thanks indeed for your time. Thank uh, you. Also joining us on the other line is Gareth Newham. Now, Gareth Newham is the Head of Governance, Crime and Justice Division at the Institute for Security Studies. Mr. Newham, good morning. Good morning and good morning to everybody listening. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, let me start with the Minister. Yesterday, your, your, your colleague, it was uh, the Minister, Minister Jeff Khatebe, who, yes. who was in Parliament, and he spoke about this issue. He said, uh, when, when talking to the uh, Portfolio Committee there, he said, um, Crime and corruption were the biggest threats to government achieving its key five priorities, which includes crime prevention and, and fighting unemployment. Let me ask you then, Minister, you've been in this position now um, for a couple of months. Yes. W- what are your thoughts? How bad is it? Well, for me, it's not so much how bad it is. It is just my responsibility to create an environment around which it will not be possible for this to continue. Uh, even if it was 1%, I would still need to do something about it. And uh, we have dedicated a lot of time to put in place uh, the necessary institutions to create an environment where it will not be possible. And uh, the reason why I'm asking is, for instance, uh, it was some t- late last year, Idasa issued a paper where they were saying that corruption in South Africa is at its worst since 1994, right this moment. That's, that's what I've been uh, hearing as well. Uh, it, it does look like we've gone down in the international index of uh, corruption, and that has been a very worrying trend. It means we're not doing something right. Yes, that is certainly the case. What are we not doing right? Well, I don't know if we as a country, as a people, have got um, a, a common purpose and a common um, uh, intent to deal with this matter. Uh, and so we have taken it upon ourselves in government to ensure that we explain what it is that we're doing and ask uh, normal uh, citizens out there, uh, the private sector, to join us in this uh, fight against uh, corruption. We have, uh, as I speak, established an anti-corruption bureau within the um, 
public uh, service and administration. We have established uh, a gateway uh, um, call center, and we are we are ratcheting up the capacity of the hotline, uh, anti-corruption hotline. Uh, and a whole lot of other things that we're doing which we will be talking to the public about mm-hmm. so that we call them to come and assist us. I'll ask you uh, especially about this anti-corruption bureau in a minute yes. but what has happened in the past is that uh, we've seen institutions being formed and people reporting corruption but nothing being done. In fact there was research that pointed out that at least about only 30% of the crimes reported were finalized. A lot of crimes, a lot of reports are not finalized within the public sector. Yes, that's precisely why we have this bureau. This will be um, a, a different kind of agency from the ones that we've had. We've taken stock of what we've had. We've taken stock of why we have not succeeded. And one of the reasons we have not succeeded is that um, the institutions we've built up do not have the legislative capacity that we would like to give to this particular bureau. They do not have the necessary forensic and uh, investigative capacity. They just don't have the capacity to carry through what it is that is necessary to ensure that we deal with cases of corruption that are reported to us. You know, it's a very interesting thing you say there, Minister, because uh, others are looking at all these, uh, such for instance, as the assets forfeiture unit and all the other units that we have, and they say, well, I mean, they, 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 you know, take your assets if they need to, they investigate. What has been the problem, SIU, for instance? Well, you know, we're dealing very specifically with the public uh, sector here. We're dealing very specifically with the public service. The SIU has very broad uh, uh, responsibilities uh, largely given to it by the president, and they deal with a a certain level of investigative uh, cases. We will deal with the day-to-day fraud and corruption and financial misconduct cases within the public service. Should we find that we are unable to deal with these matters, then we would refer them to the SIU. We have a cooperative arrangement with all law enforcement agencies and uh, somewhere within this uh, arrangement, we will not continue having the, kind, the level of corruption that has uh, uh, painted such a bleak picture of our country. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you've decided to centralize it, wh- wh- why is it, as opposed to just using all these other agencies, law enforcement agencies? That have been we, we, are, we are certainly using the law enforcement agencies. But, you know, uh, fraud and corruption starts from a very low level of uh, misconduct and escalates, uh, and unless it is dealt with at the very beginning where it manifests itself in very insignificant ways, then we are dealing with cases after far beyond uh, what the state is able to deal with within the public service. We're now centralizing this to so that all the cases that need to be attended to are attended to on time. We're experiencing severe backlogs in the case that we're dealing with because departments don't have the capacity we're now offering that capacity, we're now offering that determination to deal with these matters. Should they reach a level that is beyond our, our own capacity to deal with, then of course we will make sure that we bring in the SIU, the Hawks, and, and all the capacity that they have. Mm. And I suppose it will respond to this question because people have said you can put all all the structures you want, but as long as we do not see people being punished, as long as we do not see people going to prison um, as a result of corruption, people will continue uh, stealing from from the public purse. That is is absolutely certain. Um, One of the reasons why we were convinced that we had to do something was we needed a quick turnaround structure that will deal with these matters. We have huge backlogs because we don't have the capacity to deal with even the smallest uh, 
cases of uh, financial misconduct. And until people see that we actually are able to do something about it, they might just continue. We are doing something about it. And uh, we are asking society to join us in fighting this scourge. We are sending out uh, adverts. We're using this opportunity with you to say this is a national and societal problem. We would like society to join us and call into the hotline and call into the Batupili um, uh, call center and report cases of misconduct, report cases of corruption. And uh, in a few months' time, we might come back here, Kolani, and I'll be able to tell you what the success rate has been. Let me bring in Gareth, then you've been listening to what the Minister is saying. The, the anti-corruption agency route, uh, we've, we've, we've avoided it up until now. We've used uh, a multi-agency strategy. What do you think? Well, I think we, um, we certainly need such agencies, and there's a bit of a debate about whether you have one or you have a number, and... I think the real issue is how you coordinate them. It's not that we don't have these agencies. There's 11 different agencies in the state that have some kind of mandate to fight corruption, ranging from the South African Police Service, the uh, National Prosecuting Authority, the Special Investigation Unit, Public Service Commission, the Public Protector, the Auditor General, South African Revenue Service, the National Treasury, and so forth. And we have had various coordinating mechanisms. So at a national level, there is an anti-corruption coordinating committee. There's an anti-corruption ministerial committee. So we we do have quite a number of... uh, you know, investigative agencies that can take action against corruption. And, you know, recently the, the Minister of Justice, um, Jeffrey Debe, pointed out that since 2010, 237 people have been arrested, 32 of these have already been convicted, uh, assets to the tune of 816 million rand have been frozen, uh, and 78 million of that have already been forfeited back to the state. So there is sort of work taking place. I think the, the, the answers lie in the National Development Plan about not just whether we have these agencies or not, it's about whether they're able to operate free of political interference, completely independently, and if they're able to take action against anybody in South Africa, no matter how powerful. And I think that's where one of the problems that, uh, that drives South Africans' perception that nothing's being done about corruption is that we see very powerful people being implicated in wrongdoing and these questions, and they're either not investigated, they, or if they are investigated, the charges are dropped against them. And that makes people think that, that you can't do anything about corruption. Uh, Minister, especially around powerful people and, and, and the, the need to see the consequences as well for them. You know, Tolani, it's important that I emphasize that the agency we are establishing is a public service agency. I think what Gareth is talking about is the uh, other, you know, um, multiple agencies that deal with corruption across either government or society in general. Mm. We are very specifically dealing with public servants. My responsibility is to create an environment where it is not possible for them to even consider Um, taking money from the state and therefore I've had to set up an institution that will ensure that this is done and one of the ways in which we are wanting to make a difference is the quick turnaround times in which misconduct cases at the level of the public service are dealt with Mm. Uh, I think Gareth is talking about the, the multiplicity of other agencies and of course we will be working with them because it is absolutely important that we have a comprehensive strategy as government mm. from wherever we are to ensure we can fight the scourge. Gareth, yes. please note that point, that, that uh, it's specifically dealing with, with the public service. But Minister, the other issue, and you've raised this before, is the issue of uh, public servants doing business with government and defrauding government in, in, in the process. Yes. Um, we've taken time to look at this, um, and we've looked at the research that has come from the National, the National Development Plan 
and they have uh, uh, put forward a recommendation that we should do this. We've looked at the work that was done by the Public Service Commission, and they put forward a recommendation that we should uh, bar public uh, servants from doing business with government. And having looked at this, we were convinced that this is a necessary step, and we needed to take it, and we have now taken it. Um, it, is, it is not correct. It is not ethical that public service should be double-dipping, earning from the state and doing uh, business with the state. Secondly, the line is blurred between that who provides service to society and that who benefits from that particular service for themselves. And so we have decided to take this uh, possibility, uh, sorry, to remove the possibility from them and take this, uh, this avenue. But I must emphasize that we're not doing it because we think public servants per se are corrupt. We're doing it because it is a necessary delineation of responsibility. It is necessary to create an environment where it is not possible for them to blur the lines. Mm. Right, Galvin is going to respond again to that. But let me just uh, open the lines here. Uh, 0891104208, what do you think? What should be done? Uh, what else should government be doing in order to deal with the scourge of uh, corruption, particularly in the public service? That's what we're talking about, specifically in the public service today. 0891104208, I'll be taking your SMSs as well at 34701, 34701, and emails at Gareth, two issues that I would like to, to, to respond to. This agents that we're talking about dealing specifically with the public service but also the issue of uh, dealing with those public servants who are double dipping yes well i'm very uh, you know i think most of us are really happy that there's uh, a priority being given to the issue of, of corruption and certainly um it's very welcoming that the minister is going to set up such an agency in the department of public administration um, I think the, the issue is that one thing is to make sure that people can't do it. Uh, the next thing is to make sure that when they are caught and there's evidence of, of corruption and wrongdoing, um, that the law is allowed to take its place. So even there, you, you know, the, it'll be up to the police to do the investigation or the special investigation to the unit to do the investigation. And, of course, the National Prosecuting Authority will have to then go take this case before the courts. Uh, that's, that's a very powerful way of sending a message that it's not acceptable. So uh, that's where I think that the challenge is going to be, um, to make sure that when that these people who are committing corruption are caught, that they're actually properly prosecuted. And that doesn't matter how high in government they are or how powerful they are, that the, the cases stay before the courts, mm. um, because that's where we've seen a big challenge recently. And then, of course, double dipping is very welcoming, because you know, public uh, servants should be dedicating their entire time and their energies every day to making sure that services are being delivered. Um, and if they're running businesses, and that involves businesses that are, uh, that are getting money from the state, that is obviously going to cause a conflict of interest. So these are very welcoming initiatives, and I, and I, and I can't see any problem with them. I think the big challenge really is, is to, to, to make sure they're implemented properly. I mean, uh, uh, once again, the credibility uh, of, the, of these initiatives really depends on when we see very powerful people getting fingered that action gets taken against them. But certainly everybody will be welcoming these initiatives. All right, I'm going to take the calls on 0891104288. But there's another problem here, Gareth, uh, because you were here with me talking about whistleblowing together with Alison Tilly, and, and the minister is talking about hotline. And we had so many callers, minister, coming in and people saying, look, I really would like to blow the whistle, but I am becoming a victim here. Now, we've got to make sure that we protect the, the, the whistleblowers in this country. Are they thoroughly and adequately protected in your view? Um, yes, uh, that's why we're making this call. We would like our society to understand that, in fact, they have a responsibility uh, to report crime. They cannot look away from crime because it, they are then complicit with the crime. Uh, we will continuously make this call until it becomes 
part and parcel of the culture of our society that when they see something wrong, they are able to protect, to, mm. to, to, to report it. And indeed, they are protected. The anti-corruption line is a toll-free number where you're not required to give uh, your uh, personal details, but you give the information and we follow up on that information. So we offer complete um, uh, protection and the calls are anonymous and uh, we go ahead with what you know what we have and uh, so far we have been very successful mm-hmm. in following up on these hotline corruption uh, calls yeah and, and, and according to people by the way who called in there's we're suggesting that there are gaps though in terms of making sure that people are protected anyway uh, we'll probably be I'd, I'd, I'd be very happy to hear what these gaps are so yeah. we can all right uh, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure one or two perhaps people can call in this morning talk about those gaps that we spoke about last week when we were talking about uh, the the whistleblowing mechanisms and whether they ensure uh, security and safety for people let's uh, Let's go to the line. Start with Tumi in Pretoria. Tumi, a very good morning to you. Morning, Polani. Morning to the minister. Morning, yeah, guests. You're welcome. I, uh, my comment is just basically on these call centers where uh, sort of hotlines mm. that uh, the minister ensures that the people that are employed to take these calls are people that are capable of just basic customer service. You know, being able to answer the call properly, being able to give proper feedback, being able to help. Uh, to basically make sure that the call is a, is a quality call because most of the government call centers really, the, the customer service levels are appalling. They discourage you really from calling in. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Dumi, thank yeah. you. Uh, we'll take more calls. Let's go to John and Devin. Hello, John. John, are you there? Tell the minister that the problem is not the time taken to prosecute these people. Uh, the, the problem is that, you know, we eventually told, oh, it's, it's, it's too expensive to prosecute them. Uh, um, and then they give them a golden handshake instead, <clears throat> just, just, just to sort of get rid of them. And a few months later, they come back down the line, they get employed somewhere else, and the one had the cheek to say, uh, there is no charge against me, I'm, I'm quite entitled to have this job. Uh, and that is the biggest problem. They say that it's, it's too expensive. Let me tell you, it's too expensive not to prosecute them. Now, as, as a director in the private, private sector, I'm quite happy to, 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 to go around to, to my fellow people and uh, uh, collect money to prosecute these people and get work, work lawyers to work pro bono on it. And we as a private sector will prosecute them if the government can't. Okay, John in Durban, thank you. Uh, it is an issue that has come through again, that people are just shifted from one department to another instead of being prosecuted. Billy in Midrand, good morning. Um, hi. Um, well, the first step to remove the corruption is step number one which everyone seems to be missing, but more and more people outside of the mainstream media are starting to find out now, is to remove all central reserve banks. Because what happens with the reserve bank is they use our birth certificates, citizens' birth certificates, they float them on the stock exchange as collateral or backup, because there's no gold backing any money. They print money out of thin air, and then they enslave you via usury. Now, that is the biggest fraud on the planet. And it is now becoming apparent that this system is the biggest form of legal slavery. So if, if, if this South African government can print a 200 rand note for 75 cents in Sweden and then charge 200 rand note at face value plus interest but don't print enough for the interest, that 
is the corruption we need to fight. Right. And I'd like to engage your guests if I can. All right. That, that's, uh, Billy, unfortunately, I'm going to have to move on, take some more calls. I know that Billy calls about this issue. is quite uh, passionate about this issue of uh, banking fraud and so on. Uh, but perhaps we'll, we'll make a different time for it. And I, I understand you say people outside the mainstream media are discussing this. And perhaps the accusation is that us in the mainstream media aren't really taking this seriously. But Billy, I promise you, we'll certainly look at it. Billy in Midrand. Pumelele in Cape Town. Hello. Hi, Polani. How are you? I'm all right. Welcome. Thank you. My question is, how is then the whistleblowers be encouraged to to make those calls if such um, uh, um, a law is enacted when that the government you you suppose you you're not able to 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 report and if you report. Um, you are arrested because of the privacy. Um. Secrecy bill. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, that's what I, I want to say. Okay. Thank P- you. Pamela Lynn Cape Town, thank you. Minister? Mm-hmm. Um, th- thank you very much. I'll start off with Dumi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Dumi, we are certainly going to concentrate on ensuring that uh, the quality of service we provide in our call centers is improved, and thank you for making that observation. Uh, uh, I'd like to continue discussing with you. Please do call us on our call center number, which will be given to you, uh, and uh, keep checking on what kind of service that we're providing. If you feel that uh, uh, we're not doing what we should be doing, please feel free to call and uh, lodge a complaint. Mm. Uh, uh, We have um, uh, um, John in Durban. John, yes, we have experienced problems of uh, people who are um, prosecuted within the public service and uh, they go out and get private companies and they have the necessary money and the case drags on and drags on and it becomes too um, too expensive for government which is why we're now concentrating on dealing with an agency ourselves within the public service. We're going to make sure that we are centralizing all prosecution of a certain level of case within the public service. And uh, we're going to ensure that we have the necessary money that will provide us with the impetus to move forward. Uh, on the issue of people shifting because they have, um, we have no uh, record of them, one of the, um, one of the backups that we're going to provide to the Bureau is a central databases where anybody who is prosecuted, uh, whatever the outcome is, is lodged within our uh, central database and we'll be able to trace that particular person so that they don't commit a, f- a crime in Limpopo and find themselves a job in Johannesburg, in, in Gauteng, simply because we have no record of them. This is an essential part of the work that we're wanting to do. The only way that we're going to clean up the system is by making sure that we blacklist people who have been charged and found guilty of uh, corrupt practice. Uh, the Reserve Bank, uh, Billy, um, I, I will uh, convey your passionate uh, uh, views about uh, the Reserve Bank fraud to the Minister of Finance, and the next time that he's on the line with you, Tolani, uh, perhaps he will take up this matter. Mm. Uh, Pumelele, um, Pumelele you, your, your, your identity is completely protected on the hotline that you will be using, which we have been using for the last I don't know how many months and years. Uh, what we want from you is facts that you are able to give to us to say, this is what in my area I have experienced. I know it is true. Please check up on that. The, um, the, 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 
the, the legislation that you're talking about has nothing to do with this particular matter that we are referring to. And, and I wouldn't want to stray into that uh, area. But you are protected. I think that is your major concern. Oh. You are protected. You are not required to reveal your identity when you report corruption to All the right. hotline. A lot of emails have come through. Uh, I'll be taking more calls as well. Mike in Newlands, Eddie in Fixburg, Gerald in Durban, please hold. Uh, I'll take more calls, 891 <clears throat> I beg your pardon. I'll also be going through to Gareth Newham to get his thoughts about what people are saying. Um, uh, 34701, that's the SMS line on the program. It's just after 8.30 now. Let's get the news headlines from Vabakshni. Thank you, Kalani. Good morning. President Jacob Zuma has joined other world leaders in sending condolences to the people of Venezuela following the death of their president, Hugo Chavez. 58-year-old Chavez ruled his country for 14 years and succumbed to cancer last night. And here's a wrap of this morning's top stories. Consumers have been warned to brace themselves for more fuel hikes this year. The price of petrol has reached the 13 rand a litre mark for the first time. Another fuel hike is on the cards next month. It will include a 23-cent fuel levy announced by Finance Minister Pravin Gordon. The Ikuruleni Metro will help in transporting the body of Mozambican taxi driver Mido Masia home. 27-year-old Masia was killed following a case of alleged police brutality in Daviton last Friday. Non-profit organization Rape Crisis has warned that the shortage of forensic kits used to identify perpetrators in rape cases could hamper the process of convicting rapists. And the Hawks have arrested 33 men for allegedly mining illegally at Sibania Gold Mine on the West Rand early this morning. I'll be back with a full news update at 9. Traffic on SAFM. Well, still very heavy delays out of Krugersdorp from Moldesdorf through towards Lanseria this morning due to the roadworks on the N14 uh, going eastbound at the Lanseria Malabongwe Drive exit. The alternative route, the R114, is also very heavily congested uh, going up through Neukaduct uh, towards Dipsa, which you can imagine. Just had a look at the other possibilities, which would be to come off at the M5 at Moldesdorf, Tate Bay is Nordia, hop into Northumberland, Northumberland to Vidkoppen, and then uh, the R511 from four ways up through Dipsa and rejoin the N14 there. That's probably, you know, you've got a lot longer to travel, but you've got that uh, as compared to sitting for about 50 minutes in in traffic that's hardly moving between Moldestrift and Lanseria this morning. Absolutely outrageous that that's happening this time of morning. Uh, The N1 between Malabongwe Drive and Ravonia Road, still very slow, and a stationary truck in Joburg causing chaos and havoc this morning on the Mike 1 North. The uh, truck is just stuck just after the Crown Interchange going to the double-decker. Mike 1 backed up to Southgate. M2 trying to get through the Crown onto the M1 North. Q starts at the Heldenace interchange in the Germiston area. A uh, little bit of pressure between Old Johannesburg Road and Olifansfontein Road on the N1 going south. And heavy pressure between Amschloti and Amschlunger north of Durban on both routes coming southbound. There's a sinkhole on the M4 uh, with the lane closures and stop-go controls around that hole south of Sabaya towards Amschlunger. So the M4 coastal highway backed up to Amschloti. A lot of motorists going and electing to come off at Amschloti and go out towards the N2 and that extra volume queuing traffic quite heavily down to the gateway uh, interchange for Amschlunger as well. Cape Town, M7, Vanguard Drive was busy this morning. It's eased up. It's uh, flowing pretty decently through Epping and Goodwood. A little bit of pressure still into the Bosman's Darm Road exit. And if you're on the N1 from Hilversson in front of the N1 City, still all the way to the Coburg interchange, very busy. Bloemfontein's had a, had a pretty hectic morning as well with some traffic lights out on Nelson Mandela and an overturned truck on the route to Branford. There's now another truck accident, N1 South, about five kilometres before you get to the Kenneth Kaunda exit. Rob Byrne, AM Live Traffic Watch. 
For the first time in SA and only on SABC3, a drama series that will set tongues wagging. It's The Client List, a provocative series based on a movie starring sultry Jennifer Love Hewitt as a single mother who'll do whatever it takes to make ends meet. Find out just how far she'll go to draw the line between right and wrong. The Client List starts Tuesday 5 March at 9pm, exclusive to SABC3, Money Talks. Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. Government has declared 2013 a year of intensified fight against fraud, corruption and maladministration. We're establishing a National Anti-Corruption Unit, a discipline code for all public servants, and many other new initiatives to strengthen our fight against this particular evil. Please join me by reporting all allegations of fraud and corruption to the National Anti-Corruption Hotline or to your nearest police station. Your cooperation is absolutely important in building a clean and accountable government to the people. The Ministry of Public Service and Administration, working towards a clean government accountable to the people. Great shot, eh? Now let's get down to business. I'm listening. I really need to reduce my operational costs. Well, you should sign up to ESCOM's rebate program for business. That's what we did to save money on our electricity bill. Start saving. Sign up to ESCOM's energy efficiency rebate program. It's an initiative designed to provide any size business with rebates for switching to energy efficient technologies. Call 0860-375-66 or visit www.escom.co.za forward slash IDM for more information. It pays to switch. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. And this morning we're talking to Public Service and Administration Minister, Minister Limli Wesusulu, who joins us from our Seapoint studios, as well as Gareth, uh, Gareth Newham, who is the Head of Governance, Crime and Justice Division at the Institute for Security Studies. Now, uh, we're talking about ways in which government in particular, but generally the South African um, society as well, can assist in combating the scourge of corruption in the public service. A lot of emails. Uh, Minister, please allow me um, with Gareth to read as many as possible, and then we'll, we'll get your responses to this. Let me start with this one from Tsepo Moyane, who says the first thing that this administration did immediately when it took office was to disband the best corruption fighting unit government has ever created, the Scorpions. All these other corruption fighting institutions are now politicized by this Zuma government. Uh, the corruption in this country is so bad to an extent that some of us really think uh, it will never be eradicated, especially by this administration. That's a view from Tsepo Moyane on, on email. Another email uh, came through, uh, it comes from Vosisit who says, why should a president sign a proclamation for the SIU to investigate? No wonder nothing is happening with the Inkandla investigation regards Vusi on, on email. Uh, another one came through from uh, Sitole. Sitole says, corruption keeps on increasing in this country. I was at a boxer uh, shop in Petritif on Saturday, to re- and this is quite painful I think, Minister, uh, to receive my pension, and they demanded me to buy with 200 rand. I decided not to receive my pension, uh, that's from Percival Sitole at Petritif. I've heard of this, where they say, well, in order for you to receive your pension, uh, you have to buy for this much money. And this person decided, uh, out of principle, not to take their pension. This is really, really bad. Anyway, another uh, email came through as well um, from Tato Mashangum Khosi, who says, 
It starts with a person and their values and morals. If one could stop being greedy and be happy with what they have or earn, one needs to know what is right and wrong. We can have campaigns and all measure uh, and all measures in place, but it will take an individual to do right. Tato Mashlangu Mkhosi on email. Another email again. It comes from Vusi. It says it's public knowledge that a lot of uh, a lot was reported about General Nyanda and Siabonga Gama, but both are sitting pretty, as you know, uh, as you all know. Why government's change of heart now? Vusi on email. Blessing Ayanda Nongo uh, Okay, it says Ask Hank Pristorius why there's so much Ever-growing crime and corruption in South Africa They'll probably say the ANC is to blame Sort out the ANC first So that citizens such as Hank and the rest of white people Would enjoy their citizenship Since they alone are experiencing crime Blessing Ayanda Nongo on email uh, Pumlani says uh, I'm worried about this post office struggle Okay, that's completely different Let me take one or two calls The minister will respond Mike and Newlands, hello Hi. Uh, thank you so much for, for uh, taking my call. And Minister, okay. thanks so much for coming on the show. It's so refreshing to hear you uh, talking so, so publicly about this problem. Uh, I've got only just uh, two questions. First of all, I was going to ask about Nkandla, but it seems to me, as all South Africans know, there's one rule for the President, uh, and he's protected by fighting registration, and that's the way it's going to stay. But what I am concerned about, Minister, is there's about 89 MPs, ANC MPs, that currently sit in Parliament. They are all being found guilty in a court of law uh, of stealing from us, the people of the country. Um, they've not repaid the money either, and the grounds for not repaying it was, according to Gwedi Matashi, was the fact that it would be too expensive to reclaim this money. Now, I say, uh, Minister, until such time as these people are publicly dealt with, the message you're sending out, no matter how many commissions, how many phone calls you take, how many people fight into this show, unless we see honest government from the very seats of power, Minister, then, only then, will we move forward. And until such time as you do that, Minister, with the greatest respect, and I'm so glad to hear you talking about it, I just, we're just not going to make progress. The civil servants will look up and they say, well, if they can get away with it at ANC level, MP level, I can get away with it. They okay. can't prosecute me because they don't prosecute them. All right. Mike and Newlands, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Minister, uh, uh, please, if you may, respond to Mike uh, together with some of these emails here. Yes, Mike. Um, I'm, I'm glad, too, that I'm on this program so we can have this interaction. Uh, yes, you're quite right. Uh, we need to have an honest government, and for as long as people go away without, uh, you know, um, any repercussions, uh, then the public service will look up at uh, the MPs and say, but why, why would we be required to report this or deal with this matter? Uh, this is something that I will take up with Gwede Matashe because I am not, um, not sure I understand what it is that he had indicated to you, whether it was in public or, or perhaps it's your understanding of a statement that he issued, we are dealing with, with members of parliament. But unfortunately, right now, I'm dealing with a public service. But I get the point that you're making, is that we must be accountable as members of parliament to ensure that we lead with honesty to create an honest uh, public service. So I am going to take that matter up, certainly. Mm. A couple of emails here, people are expressing yes. concern right across the board. Yes. Uh, Ayanda says that uh, the ANC should be sorted out. Yes, I suppose the ANC is the ruling party and the ANC has to lead by example. The ANC is sorting it out. When we met in uh, Mangawung over December uh, on our elective conference, one of the issues that we did pronounce on was corruption. We are not going to deal with or tolerate corruption. So Ayanda, please watch this space and you will see that this is not mere rhetoric. We are very committed to ensuring that we can deal with corruption uh, wherever we, we, find, we find corruption. 
Um, Ntato is, uh, I think there was a, a, a call that uh, uh, he about made about... Uh, morals and the values. Tato on, on that email there. Uh, on the morals and the values of our society. Yeah, that's what's, yeah. Yes, this is, this, is, this is what we are wanting to do. We are committed to creating a public servant that will give the kind of service that will be defined as efficient, professional, uh, a kind of cadre who will inculcate that, uh, that culture. And we, we would like to make sure that that culture is supported by every member of society. I'm not sure if uh, that is what uh, Ntato was saying. But let me get on to the next one, which is uh, one that was complaining about Spiwe Nyanda hmm. and somebody Gama, yeah. who were reported to have been involved in uh, corrupt allegations and are continuing with their work. It's very important also at this point to point out that uh, there is a... Uh, an important uh, concept that we must understand between allegations of corruption and being found guilty of corruption. I'm not sure that Spiwenyanda or Gama have been found guilty of corruption. And Spiwenyanda right now is a member of parliament. I think he falls into that category that Mike was talking about, and we will follow through with that, with that matter. But right now I'd like us to concentrate on the public service because these are people who are dealing with huge sums of money that are put in trust by the government and these, these sums of money belong to the public. The public should take ownership of this process and assist us with this particular process. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, the gentleman from Peter, Peter Martin, Peter, 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 has been in operation since the 1st of March, and so far we've, we've received 104 uh, cases that we are dealing with. And uh, the biggest load seems to be around uh, social benefits and, um, you know, just trying to understand uh, how the South African uh, law operates. And what we do is we record these uh, complaints and take them up with the necessary, uh, with the relevant minister and come back to that. So I would like to get the details of, uh, of the gentleman in Peter Marisberg so that I can take this up with the minister today and come back to him. I'll forward you, minister, this uh, email. I'll forward you exactly this thank email you, thank here you very so that much. you can pick it up. Uh, by the way, while we're at it, we, mm-hmm. are, uh, we are intending to have uh, e-government um, uh, call, call centers where people can send these emails to us and we will be able to respond as we receive them with the necessary uh, information. So we will be uh, progressing to that so that we are not communicating mm. uh, through email with you on the radio. Sure. Uh, Moyane, uh, why did we disband uh, the Scorpions? The, dis- the, sc- the Scorpions have now uh, been reconstituted into uh, the Hawks. And the Hawks are doing an excellent job, I would, I would like to, to think. And I don't know how we would uh, then compare the dissolution of the, Sco- of the Scorpions with what we're doing now. This one is an attempt to indicate to society and the public servants that we will not tolerate corruption. We're putting in place all of those measures that we have found in our research are lacking in what has been done over the years in dealing with the scourge of corruption. We ask that, Moyane, you support us. I know that uh, sitting out there, you are very skeptical, 
But give us time. Give us the opportunity, support us, and you will see we will be able to turn around the culture of the public service to make them more accountable, to make them more conscientious, and understand that they, they cannot hmm. be corrupt in the public service. Let me bring in Gareth. Uh, you've been listening in. There's a lot of uh, skepticism on the line. Uh, you're hearing that on emails and SMSs and calls as well. What are your thoughts there, Gareth? Well, I think the skepticism comes from what I said earlier. It's that people for years now have been hearing government saying that corruption is an important thing to fight. It's a problem. I mean, you know, really it was the, the ticket that the, the African National Congress fought the last election on, and it's been one of the top priorities of the government since 2009. So it's not new, and I think people are just probably, probably skeptical because of the large range of powerful people they see getting implicated, and then nothing happens. I mean, for one example, very simply was... Board of Inquiry into the police headquarter lease deal where General Taylor was found to have acted unlawfully. The Board of Inquiry said he's not fit for that position and he was fired. But the Board of Inquiry report also went further and said that they didn't have the powers to do a proper investigation into the corruption, that, the circumstantial evidence of corruption that was taking place, and they were strongly recommended this took place. That was handed to the President in you know, May last year, and nothing's happened yet. There's been no investigation. So people then don't think that uh, anything is taking place. And I think what is very heartening from what the Minister said is when she said she will take it up with an ANC and that, because public officials will, will not be corrupt if they know that the politician who appoints them and the person who's got a power to fire them is completely honest. So that's where it has to start, because if it doesn't start at a political level, there's no way that any initiatives are going to filter through the public service. So that's a very heartening and very positive step that, that we need to see being taken. And I just want to make one more uh, comment just about the whistleblowing, because that was quite a big issue that we spoke about last week. Mm. I mean, the, the National Development Plan, and interestingly enough, acknowledges that there's a, a big problem there. And they say in the, in the document that over the last four years, the number of people who've identified themselves being willing to blow the whistle on corruption has dropped by 10% but they don't believe they're going to be protected. They're scared of, of that they're going to be victimized, that nasty things are going to happen to them. And the Protective Disclosures Act, which is a law that provides people support if they do disclose, is not needs to be reviewed and it needs to be strengthened because in many ways it doesn't allow enough protection to people to blow whistles. So that's certainly one thing that needs to happen, and that's a, a, a specific recommendation with the Natural Development Plan. All right. Minister, will respond to you in a minute. Uh, Gerald in Durban, thank you for holding for me. Good morning. Uh, morning to the Minister, morning to Lani. Uh, look, I just uh, want to say, I know the Minister wants to deal with civil servants, but really leadership is by example, and you can, uh, you know, you can carry on trying to fight corruption, but until you have uh, credible leadership, and that includes cabinet ministers and the President himself, nothing will happen. Now, I'd just I'd like to ask the Minister this. If, um, if she wants to stop civil servants from doing business with government, why doesn't the ANC lead by example and stop Chancellor House doing business with state and give back all the money that Chancellor House has made off at the taxpayers' expense through the parastatals, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and then the next thing is, uh, by example, it's got to come from the top. I mean, um, there's the Nkandla issue, and the president himself, you know, wanted an opportunity to clear his name. He has 700 uh, uh, charges of fraud and corruption that are outstanding. Why doesn't he do something for the country and clear his name and see if he's a fit and proper person to lead by example? All right. Gerald in Durban, thank you. Tamba in Pretoria, good morning. Morning, Kulani. Um, I'm just going to quickly um, highlight that um, I'm, I'm glad that the minister has, has, has come up with, the, with this idea. The issue here is it, it's very difficult to actually get rid of the corruption within, within the department or within the, within the state or, or, or uh, between the state and, and, and its employees. The data is available. All we need is the support from officials within the government to ensure that the data and the information gets to the people who are going to use it and get rid of these individuals. The second thing is, 
I'm warranting of a situation where people within the department are supposed to report on their colleagues. If, if, if the centralization of this, um, this particular uh, uh, process is going to be a TPSC, where we know that um, investigations will be coming from a single department that will be investigating all the other departments. Because if you find individuals within the departments investigating themselves, nothing is going to come out of this problem. Thank you. That's Tamba in Pretoria. Eddie in Fixburg. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Go ahead, cool. Eddie. Greetings to Lindiwe and Gareth. I will be two minutes... And I know I'm radical. Please allow me to be radical because radical people are patriots. They love the people just like Mike and Billy. I like them because they love the truth. Can I say this? I say it in, in uh, vernacular. There's another one that says, Now, dear friend, I tell you now, this is a radical statement I'm saying. Yesterday, eight kids are going to be gelatine, heads going to be chopped off in the Arabian country for robbery. I'm not saying you must do that. I'm just saying, Mohot, we talk and talk and talk. Why don't you have one group that just takes a guy's pants and beats the six, uh, six of the best and he knows that the kin to MP. If we carry on doing this, do not forget we, the crime and corruption has cost this country colony. Listen to this. All of you, I'll prove it to you. 40 trillion rand. We can't do this to our beautiful country. That's Eddie in uh, Figsburg. Let me read you one or two emails uh, as well that are coming through here. There's Dagalani Chibase who says, please pass this info to the minister. Uh, I suppose it also responds to what uh, Gareth was saying a little earlier on about uh, Protected Disclosures Act. It says, I want to blow the whistle on a certain citizen uh, since I do not want to be complacent to the issues of crime. I know a very influential citizen who was involved in corruption. The court found his partner guilty but his charges were fraudulently dropped. I have more information and can pass it on what do I do, says somebody um, uh, on email. All right, uh, the minister will respond there. But uh, also a couple of emails saying, uh, we have heard this message before, we will not tolerate corruption. Uh, when are we going to see action? There's also uh, blessing. I'm watching the space with keen interest minister. Uh, another one comes from... Uh, Advocate Mandula says, the trend of maladministration, nepotism, fraud and corruption since 1994 has been increasing at a high level. And many provincial departments from the northwest, Limpopo, Pumalanga, Gauteng and Free State, have now been found to be corrupt by SCOPA committees. The other area of concern uh, uh, of corruption practices is within the institutions supporting constitutional democracy. Why CEOs are being suspended, nothing is being done uh, and heard by the public. Case in point, PANSALB and CRL Rights Commission. The role of the public protector is critical, as well as anti-corruption forum uh, that was established last year, and pity Comrade Vavi is heading that forum despite recent allegations that are leveled against him. Can the minister explain the recent alleged Free State Province website? It costs 40 million rand, despite the challenges that people of Free State are struggling with, such as housing, sanitation, and employment. Advocate Mandula. Lots of emails, minister. Just let, let's uh, take these so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, shall we start with uh, with Gerald? Gerald yeah. is saying that uh, it's important that the ANC leads by example. I think we've recognized that, uh, and this is exactly what we're doing. 
This is exactly why it, uh, the, the issue of corruption took such prominence in, in our elective conference. We are trying to lead by example, and we are starting where it is important to start with, and that is those people who handle large sums of money on behalf of the ordinary citizen. Uh, he continues to say that why would we allow the ANC to continue doing business through Chancellor House? Um, I will take note of all of these comments because most of them, Polani, are general comments about people's views and possibly anger and agitation around a whole range of, uh, of issues that they believe are corrupt practice, um, you know, that are not very really specific necessarily to the public sector. Mm-hmm. But I just want to indicate that I am dealing with the public service because all the money that the state has collected through the taxes, uh, that uh, diligent citizens um, pay all the money that is put there so that we are able to deliver better services to our people are handled by civil servants. This is where we need to start, I believe. This is where I am, and this is what I am concentrating on doing to ensure that there is a beginning somewhere. This will also cover the wide range of skepticism that you have reported, mm-hmm. that, you know, this has been going on. Uh, government has said it's going to be tough on, 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 on corruption, and it goes on and on. There's got to be a start. We, we've had this intention. We did not get into government because of corrupt practices. We fought to be in this government. We fought for very noble ideals. However, we are at the point where we've had to recognize that not everything is as idealistic as we would like it to be, and we're dealing with the matter. We will continuously deal with it. I am here to say I am committed to ensure that in my tenure, this will be attended to, and I think it's an important start. I'm urging society, join me. Please make sure that in your space, whatever you come across corruption that involves the public service, please report it to me. So I'm hoping that that skepticism with time will probably uh, wear off. I don't know, because we will be able to show results, and those results will will speak for themselves. Eddie from Fixburg. Mohodzi, I quite agree with you that, uh, uh, you know, something drastic... uh, when something drastic is done, there are, you know, drastic results. But we have a constitution, unfortunately, Eddie. And that constitution prescribes exactly what may be done and what may not be done. So, unfortunately, you may sit there and look at what happens in Saudi Arabia. Our constitution doesn't allow that. But thank you for calling in. Um, um, and Temba indicates that uh, he thinks it's a good step that uh, we've taken to centralize cases against corruption because independent, de- I mean, departments themselves are unable to deal with this. This is what we've recognized. Uh, uh, departments don't have the capacity, and departments, by their very nature, work together. It's very mm. difficult to, to, to act against a colleague. We've decided, therefore, now to centralize this matter, okay. remove it from where it manifests itself, and deal with it in, the way, in a way that offers uh, the fairest and most uh, progressive way that we can uh, deal with this matter expeditiously. Takalane is complaining about uh, influential citizens. Uh, We will take note of that. But we've got to start somewhere. We will get there. Let's start with the civil service. Mm. This is where we are. Right. Um, what I will do is I'll ask the minister to give us those numbers, by the way, just as we are about to wrap up. But let me t- t- take maybe two calls quickly just to wrap up this discussion here. Hassan in Johannesburg, good morning. Hi. Uh, 
You know, uh, I know one of your callers always uh, prays in the blood of Jesus. I want to say, I want to remember the leadership of Julius Nerere. I think it's the leadership we're solely lacking. You know, I've been active in anti-corruption, but it looks like I've not left uh, the area because the topic and the things are the same. Blacklisting, we've heard it from Geraldine Fraser Mulaketi, all of them. Minister, corrupter, corruptee. A corporation is behind this on the other side. You cannot only discuss the public servants. The corporate power to corrupt is you could see what happened in Bombella Stadium. Jimmy Mosala got killed. Uh, he's a whistleblower. There's no campaign by government to try and make sure that people like this are rehabilitated. But that was preceded by conflicts within the ANC around tenders. Yeah, the implementation of the Anti-Corruption Act. Uh, some discussions need to be required. Public uh, funding or private funding for political parties, the DNA and are united like a rock. Those are issues that we really need to start discussing, but nothing is new. Finally, why is it that public uh, institutions are used to settle political scores? It's the, the biggest campaign that our president used against President Mbeki, but the only person who's suffering now because the tax, uh, tax uh, department has gone for him is Julius Malema. If they did this for all others, we would have a lot more uh, uh, in the public. public institutions used to uh, settle political scores. Hassan, uh, thank you. Debucho, very briefly, hello. Hi, good morning, Colonel. Morning to the minister. Yeah, hi, go ahead, uh, Debucho. I just want to quickly say I'd like to commend the minister on the move to centralize this big problem. Uh, also, AJ, that please, there must be sufficient funding for this agency so that this matter can be attended to uh, with the necessary. Uh, okay. And then also to make sure that there is a selective approach to fighting corruption. All that right. is where some of the skepticism comes from. You know, right. it's very selective. Everyone must be equally prosecuted if they are found to be corrupt. Debucho, thank you. Jonathan, quickly, hello. Jonathan, quickly. Good morning and good morning to the minister. What a refreshing uh, program you got with the commitment. We will be watching your space, minister. Go for it.